0: Good afternoon, folks. This is Chris Burroughs, VP of Government Affairs for TIA, and welcome to Episode 9 of the Advocacy Insights Podcast, recorded exclusively for TIA members. On today's podcast, I'm going to review TIA's legislative and regulatory principles and priorities for the 117th Congress. With the balance of power now solely resting with the Democrat Party, but even though they have razor-thin majorities, especially in the Senate with a 50-50 split, with Vice President Harris being the tie-breaking vote, It'll be interesting to see what priorities of President Biden and his administration can actually get across the finish line in the 117th Congress. So you're probably asking yourself, how often has a split in the Senate actually occurred? The last time was the first half of 2001, when the tie-breaking vote Vice President was a Republican, uh, Dick Cheney. That 50-50 split ended after six months when Republican Senator Jim Jeffords of Vermont switched parties giving Democrats the 51-49 advantage to give them power. There was also some 50-50 splits a few months in, in 1954 for the most of Congress of 19 or sorry 1881 and 1882, which caused the Senate Historical Office, but they what they coined that those years as the Great Senate Deadlock of 1881. All right, kind of with that little history lesson out of the way, we're going to go ahead and dive into our 117th Congress uh, and legislative and regulatory principles and priorities. Um, and again, these are kind of our uh, as the voice of the 3PL industry, uh, we advocate on, on, behalf of, on behalf of you and your business uh, and the entire industry, at the legislative and executive branch. Uh, these are kind of our core principles that we'll be going after, uh, things that we'll, we'll be playing some offense on, things we'll play playing some defense on as we move into this new Congress and a new balanced power uh, with, with, with Congress uh, and, the, and the executive branch, obviously. Uh, first, first priority on the list will be no surprise to many people, uh, but the, the passage of a motor carrier safety selection standard. Uh, that would drastically improve safety on our nation's highways by establishing due diligence requirements of those the carriers that are selected. Uh, the, the big point here, there's no currently standard uh, or requirements that exist, uh, which creates a lot of confusion, a lot some liability traps for you guys. Um, but also, you know, this would fill a huge safety gap that, that currently exists out there. Uh, secondly, obviously TI supports a, the passage of a fully funded uh, transportation reauthorization bill. Uh, which is the current uh, uh, reauthorization bill. We're still operating under the FAST Act. It was renewed at the end of last year for a year. Uh, so the current deadline is September 30th, 2021. Uh, we would like to see uh, a fully funded bill, obviously infrastructure and modern roads and uh, everything along with that is obviously good for transportation for all parties involved. Uh, as kind of coinciding with that. We do, want to, uh, we do support, TI supports increasing uh, the fuel tax modestly. Uh, and, and or creating sustainable user pay fees uh, as a stream of means to provide the needed infrastructure improvements. Obviously, this is the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Always, uh, when dealing with a transportation reauthorization bill, is how are we going to pay for it? Uh, and there's been a lot of talk about increasing the, the fuel tax over the years. Um, you know, we'll see if that gains some legs uh, under, this, uh, under this Congress. Uh, you know, we're hopeful that they can find some sort of solution, some sort of bipartisan solution uh, that, that gets us across the finish line with the transportation of weatherization. Uh, next on the regulatory front, also on the legislative front uh, as well, is um, folks, folks who I remember probably at the end of uh, President Obama's second term, he put a rulemaking call, called the safety fitness determination rulemaking. Uh, TIA fully supported this. Uh, something we feel very passionately about is updating the safety rating process uh, for motor carriers. Uh, as everyone's aware, it's currently under the antiquated physical audit system where the agency goes out and physically audits a carrier's operations uh, and from that determines the safety rating. Uh, there's you know four to five hundred thousand active trucking companies, motor carriers out there. The agency estimates to do about seven to nine, thousand of these audits a year. I'd imagine with COVID going on right now and the last year, you know, ever since March, they probably haven't done a lot of these with social distancing and everything else going on. Uh, it's an outdated system. It doesn't work. Uh, President Obama wanted to shift it to one of data. Uh, Like I said, we fully supported it. It was not CSA data. Uh, I know there were some concerns from industry folks about the data that was going in and not differentiate between crash and geographical discrepancies. Um, So, you know, we'd like to see a newer version of this come out, taking those data concerns, um, you know, into effect and and you know as part of the process to develop this forward. But we need to want move to one of data. Uh, That just makes all the sense in the world. With 85 percent of the carriers out there being unrated. It just creates kind of to the first point. It just creates so much confusion out there in the population. Uh, it creates you know situations where where brokers can be held liable for selecting those carriers. We need a red light, green light from the agency, and that's something we'll continue to push for. Um, you know, TIA uh, does do a lot of work with the EPA SmartWay. Uh, we we want to make that a fair system while at the same time you know reducing our carbon footprint of the three PL industry. Uh, and again, we want to do this from a business-friendly uh, perspective. We don't want to, you know, hamper or hurt business with with putting some, some sort of green initiatives forward. Um, but you know, we are cognizant of of reducing our carbon footprint. Uh, next, would be protecting proprietary information. This obviously goes to the core of the rate transparency issue. Uh, this is this is something that uh, you know this is our proprietary information. Uh, what your margin is from the shipper uh, that you get that's a separate business transaction in our mind from that of the carrier. Uh, and the carrier should not have the right to see that information. That's your proprietary information. Uh, everyone's well aware of this. We've done a podcast on this issue as well. That will be continue to be a top priority for us. Uh, clarifying the role and regulatory authority of dispatch services. Uh, this is another one that will be, uh, you know, on the legislative front, in addition to the regulatory front, as we look to get guidance from FMCSA on what actually constitutes a dispatch service. Uh, we, we are aware, and, and, you know, there are obviously a lot of dispatch services out there who may not be doing it the right way. Who may be doing the same uh, brokerage services that you are providing, uh, but don't have the license, don't have the bond, don't have the financial requirements in place to not only protect them and protect the industry and to protect the carrier industry as well. Um, so we need clarification from the industry on this, and that will that will continue to be one of our top priorities. Uh, an issue I've been working on personally uh, for the nine years I've been with TIA, and then actually uh, previous to that when I was on the outside working uh, lobbying half of TIA is is expanding the CTPAT uh, eligibility requirements to DOT licensed property brokers. Uh, there tends to be a bias uh, on, on within the Customs and Border Protection Agency for DOT licensed property brokers, uh, saying that that our guys do not physically touch the freight. They do not ha- phys- physically have a way of ensuring and, and securing the freight that's crossing the borders. We've always been pushing back that neither do customs brokers, neither do MVOCCs. You're just biased against DOT because they're not really under your umbrella of jurisdiction. Um, Nevertheless, they've kept us out of it. We are working with Congress to, uh, as the CTPAT reauthorization bill moves forward, uh, to include language that would begin the process of allowing uh, DOT licensed property workers to be part of the program. Uh, We had some great bipartisan language in the last 116th Congress. Uh, Unfortunately, with COVID, it kind of got derailed, uh, but we're looking for that to come back to to fruition, come back to the forefront and and get that moving forward. this will be a big one of the next four years is, is um, labor issues just in general. But you know, one we have here is protecting the independent contractor model, which obviously many of our members utilize in their businesses, um, not just from a carrier, an owner operator side of things, but also with with those uh, ICs slash sales agents that you guys utilize. Uh, that will be a big thing. And additionally, in terms of labor, you know, playing a lot of defense on a lot of these labor issues that are gonna come down, if it's um, minimum wage, overtime uh, thresholds. Anything within the terms of independent contractor model, uh, we'll, we'll be, you know, laser focused on this and expect, like I said, to, to play some pretty heavy defense on this stuff. Um, economic recovery from COVID, the COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, we would love to see some common sense liability protection uh, and, ex- and continued economic uh, stimulus, uh, PPP loans for our members. Um, you know, we don't want to see a situation where one of our members who's doing the doing it the right way, ensuring they're bringing back people in the right way maintaining social distancing, doing everything in terms of the CDC guidance. Uh, somebody gets sick, they're hit with a lawsuit uh, in terms of liability. This will be a big issue. It's obviously going to be a little bit trickier in this administration, uh, but something we'll continue to be pushing for on the Hill. Um, it, kind of an, an overall thing is we, we just want to maintain a balanced regulatory framework to enable our members to run efficient, effective, and ethical companies. Essentially what that means is we just want uh, the government to, you know where it makes sense to put regulations in place, Uh, And where it's going to be burdensome and hurt your guys business. uh, Let's not do it Let's just maintain that appropriate balance across the board. Let you guys continue to run your business uh, And you know the important role you guys play in terms of moving commerce throughout this country Uh, We do support increasing available truck parking for motor carriers. Uh, This is an issue that we've been working on with uh, with OIDA and several other groups Um, And we want to we want states to, to get more funding to find alternative solutions for this obviously truck parking is a huge issue it affects everyone throughout the supply chain, and something that we need to find a common sense solution uh, to increasing available truck parking for these these hardworking individuals out there hauling the freight. Uh, and then finally, uh, we support the repeal of the federal excise tax on the purchase of new heavy duty trucks and trailers. Uh, from, from our perspective, this will this will ensure that newer trucks and trailers are injected in the supply chain to increase oil, the highway safety. Uh, and additionally, while, while reducing the overall carbon footprint in the transportation industry. Uh, this has been in effect in fact, since, since World War I, Uh, It's a pretty outdated um, of, um, you know, tax, if you will, that is put on put on put on these companies out there purchasing new trucks. Um, Maybe time to get rid of this. Uh, We're working with a huge coalition of folks on this. Uh, We were hopeful that we'd be able to get something done towards the end of the 116th Congress through one of the COVID relief package. Unfortunately, it just didn't come to fruition. Um, But, you know, we're, we're hopeful that we can get it done. Um, that's just kind of a quick recap of, of what we're looking for and what we're looking to do in the 117th Congress on your behalf. Um, you know, As always, we thank you so much for your membership and leadership during these tumultuous times. If you ever need anything, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at the Government Affairs Department. Uh, if you have something on the list that, that you know you feel is a priority uh, for you all, is we're going to take a much closer look in terms of some state issues uh, going, going uh, into 2021 and beyond. Uh, play a much more active role out there. So let us know if there's something that affects you guys. We're happy to take a look at it and happy to advocate where we can. Stay safe out there. This is your association and we need your voice.